0: Welcome to Breaking Business Barriers, where we believe that choosing to go all in is the only way to create true freedom in your business and life. Now join your hosts, Brent Duhayne, Dr. Joseph Kaye, and Brandon Straza as they talk to industry leaders, veteran CEOs, and cutting-edge entrepreneurs about the tough decisions they made on their way to success. This is Breaking Business Barriers. Welcome to another episode of Breaking Business Barriers. I am your co-host, Brandon of the Real Naked Agent, along with... Dr. Joseph K. And Brett And today we have a special guest, Bashar Al Hunedi. Did I, did I pronounce that correctly? Correct. As Bashar close. Al-Hunedi, yes. And Bashar, tell us, where can we find
1: you on social media if we're looking for you first? So the business, we are on Instagram at... Um, Adam Alexander World, and that's uh, sort of an X in Alexander, it's K-S. And on Facebook, also Adam Alexander, you'll find us on there, Adam Alexander World. And myself, from a stunning perspective, it's called A Bold Statement, but bold as my head, <laughs> shiny, <laughs> B-A-L-D, so A underscore bold underscore statement. All right, and we are in your beautiful, gorgeous
0: store that... Uh, it's hosted some interesting um, people yeah. in the sports world and you know, so on and so forth. And we'll find out about that little, a little bit later. But let's, let's break the ice and, and tell the listeners out there kind of a fun, whimsical story about you real quick so they can get to know you before they find out what you do and why you're here.
1: A fun uh, story, quick story. Let's see. It's really not about Adam Alexander. So early in my career, uh, I'm assuming that's what we're we'll referring yes. to, uh, So early in my career, um, one of the positions that I held was I got moved from Tennessee, from Knoxville, Tennessee, with an organization that is uh, a national retailer. And um, they moved me to Texas, and I had Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana as a region, uh, a total of 16 stores. Out of the 16 stores, I had a store not too far from here, and um, we just I just joined in and picked up that region. We had a new CEO that came from a prolific um, history and um, background with some of the biggest names in, in, in fashion, and the chief merchandising officer who came in also from a local organization based here in Dallas. So here we are. We started um, our trip in Waco, Texas, and flew a private uh, the private jet of the company from Waco into a city down south, about an hour away from here. So landing in the small airport, we pass over the store itself. And that was our first interaction with the store. And uh, we couldn't help as we were landing. We were like, oh, okay, so there is uh, so-and-so. That's our location. And there's a bunch of boxes sitting on top of the roof. <laughs> a lot of boxes. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, so what's going on and why do we have such a big amount of storage sitting on top of our store. So we land. it's a quick, short drive. We get to the location, and the first thing we do is we are greeted by the store manager, who she recently got promoted. She was the system manager in that location. And we say, hey, let's start in the back. Let's look at your stock room and walk the floor. Typical idea. Right. So we started in the back, and we couldn't help but notice that it's a very empty stock and very organized, which is beautiful to see, especially in retail at that time. And we knew we had a lot of stock issues taking over, you know, the, the business. And we knew that, okay, where is the stock? And we asked the question. We couldn't help but notice as we're landing, there are some bosses sitting up there. So can you help us understand what's that? So that was really a an interesting moment and really a learning point because, you know what, it's always better to face a problem and highlight highlight and ask for help or solutions Then to try to put it, what do you do, you sweep it under the rug. Mm-hmm. And that's what put you it on and the did. roof. <laughs> first, a good first impression. Unfortunately, that turned into a, a story that we talked about for months after with the executive team. But the good news is um, she didn't leave the company. We didn't let her go. Although it's a big, big thing. Well, I was thinking in my head. That's a lot of stock in boxes, no in Texas. It's under some might roll in. That's a lot of damaged goods. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, the thing is, she went into a store that was a challenging store, and what we did is moved her into something that will help her develop, and she, she flourished from there. But to me, <laughs> I remember I just got promoted into this position, the regional position. I just moved. I got the new CEO. We're flying over, and I see a bunch of boxes. I'm like, oh, crap. So, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Texas. Sorry. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> everything really good, in Texas, at least on the yeah, road. Yeah, even the stories, right? <laughs> well, that's a yeah. great one. Yeah. That's a good story.
0: All right, so tell us where we're at right now. And what I mean, like, we're sitting in the New York room, I believe, correct? Uh,
1: this is correct.
0: Yes, yeah, so we're in the New York room. Tell the listeners so they kind of understand the backdrop about yourself, yes. about your company, mm-hmm. and, and kind of take us on that
1: journey right there. Yeah. So basically, I I started many, many years ago in, in uh, fashion and retail. So um, um, even as a kid, um, I was working more behind the scenes in the fashion world. Um, so if you've ever seen uh, the JCPenney catalogs, Talbots, all these guys, um, I was the guy probably processing some orders in, in the back. So that was <laughs> my start. And then I started into the stores and spent so far 20 years in in fashion retail and it allowed me the opportunity to really transition into some amazing experiences and experience uh, new places, travel the world, and work for some of the most exciting brands in the world. you work for with some of the
0: largest brands,
1: name a few would be? So um, I call them the usual suspects. So in in the United States you have uh, Bloomingdale's and Macy's probably will be the highlight. Um, and Bloomingdale's uh, actually moved me internationally. So I was based in Dubai mm-hmm. and uh, started the Bloomingdale's International. So managed the locations there and it was a successful operation. From there, I went on and I worked with uh, Louis Vuitton Group, LVMH, mm-hmm. uh, Middle East and North Africa. Most recently in the corporate world, I was chief operations officer with a company called, department store called uh, Gallery Lafayette. Their French department. So similar to Neiman and Marcus, mm-hmm. uh, based out of uh, Paris, but I manage their international business, international operations. And and what had you create the store that we're in today? So basically, the turning point. That's what. Uh, yeah, the fork about. in the road. Let's yes. let's hear about it. You know, and we talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, a lot of times we're trying to find excuses rather than uh, we know the dream is there. You're always thinking about it, but there's always a reason why not do it. You know, I have a family. Um, I get. I was married at a young age, and I had kids, and I had a family. And I was, you know, wondered, you know, I cannot do it because I need to pay the bills. I cannot do it because of this and that. And until it got to a point, um, about a bit over five, six years ago, that's when I was with Lafayette, We had a lot of projects around the world, building new stores. Uh, moving locations, we have a big expansion, especially on the international side. At the same time, on a personal level, um, uh, one of my kids, I have a total of five kids now, the new edition, newest edition, is three months old, my daughter. Already, Congrats. Wow. Congratulations. Which by the way, Adam and Alexander are, are the names of my two sons. So Alexander is my oldest, he's 14, Adam is uh, my youngest, he's uh, four and a half. <laughs> so uh, my daughter, Sabra, which means patience, she suffers from uh, epilepsy and autism. And she had a severe case and um, aggressive seizures that they said we've got to have brain surgeries. At the time, we, I had a lot going on on the professional side. I have a daughter that's gonna go through brain surgeries and I wanna be there for her. This is not a surgery that you go in and the next day you go home. And um, the reality is, uh, Nothing against the corporate side, you know, but there are certain priorities, and we always say, you know, family comes first. But unfortunately, sometimes is it 300% true as a statement? You know, sometimes it might not be the top priority in certain instances. Well, that's where I had to weigh in my options. I look at yes, I do have a uh, a lot of pressure from a corporate perspective from my role within the organization, but uh, I have a daughter, and I have a family that. I need to be there. I cannot, I just couldn't I not be there. And um, I faced reality, and I said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to be fair to my family. I'm going to be fair to the business. And I resigned my position. And I said at that moment, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. For now, I'm going to resign. I'm going to be there during the surgeries, and then I'll figure it out. I have good experience, right? So that's uh, that was the turning point. And then after the surgery, that's when I decided, you know what, I'm, I want to... I like that I spend time with with the kids. I like that I spend time and really quality time for me to remove all the noise and think about what I want to do next and what I decided is, I'm going to do consulting. I'm going to really maximize my experience and work with uh, maybe young, uh, small to mid-sized brands and see what I can do to help them and build a consulting business out of it. And that's what happened. I always ask
2: uh, people after they discuss their fork in the road if they approached the decision as an intellectual problem or as a problem of the heart. You know, like, did you make your decision with your head or your heart? And with yours, at first I was like, well, this is easy. He's going to have chosen with his heart. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you took a real intellectual approach as well. Could you talk about that, how you approached that as a problem to be solved?
1: I would say it is driven by the heart. It's, it is an emotional decision. You know, I had an amazing position with a fast growing company, an exciting brand, basically. But you have to think about, at the end of the day, what's the most important for your life? It's, it's family. And for me, uh, my daughter, it's, it's a personal drive for me. That's really what got me to accelerate my career. I was a young executive. And I, my mission was always to, how can I learn faster? How can I adapt faster? How, what, how can I pick up more knowledge? How can I overcome certain obstacles to move up in my career? Because mm-hmm. the reality is I wanted to make enough money. That's the reality, honestly. To be able to provide to my family, especially my daughter, it's very expensive to, from a medical standpoint to take care of epilepsy and autism mm-hmm. and the medication is not cheap. and flying her to different specialists and doctors. So in reality, she's the one that, one of the main reasons why I was driven to advance in my career uh, early on. <laughs> so I owe it to her to do that for her. Yeah. But yes, and the, from a thought process, of course, you have to think about, okay, well, what am I gonna do? How much do I have in the bank? How long is that gonna take me? And guess what? Whatever I calculate it, pretty much cut it by half because you're like, okay, you know, if I spend this much, Well, life happens. Life has different plans. That's basically what happened. But it accelerated the process into becoming a consultant into coming up with Adam Alexander.
0: Does she know how important of a role that she's played in, like, why we're standing here and what she has done?
1: Unfortunately, uh, not not yet, or I don't believe so, because, you know, I tell people, um, I had a client, I'm not going to mention his name, uh, but we were sitting... And uh, similar setting. You know, he came in, he ordered a... Uh, we customized a suit for him, a couple of shirts, etc. So we said, Dan, we said, you know, one of the beauty of what we have is we have a, a complimentary bar. So we started talking over a drink, and he said, Bashar, why this? I said, the reality is, you know, we are all want to be successful and make money, right? But at the end of the day, too, it's because I want to do... Well, I want to create something special, but at the same time, I want to provide to my family, more specifically my daughter. I want to have a conversation with her, a true conversation. So that's one of the biggest challenges is we can have conversations, but it's not your typical conversation. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm hungry. Yes, I am. You're thirsty. Yes, I am. Are you tired? Yes, whatever. You know, basic stuff. But to sit down and say, how was your day? And she tells me about her day at school and friends. We're not at that level, and that's honestly one of my biggest drives right now. Is I want to provide whatever I can, hopefully to get a breakthrough, that so I can have a simple conversation with my kid. Yes. That's it. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: You've had an amazing career, and your drive has a lot to do with it. Is there a was there a was there a book that that stuck with you, or was there a, a particular mentor that that uh, you, you still look back on today and say? if I didn't have that one person, or maybe I didn't pick up that
1: one book, then mm-hmm. maybe I wouldn't be am today. It's a combination of everything that you mentioned. So, yes, I I believe one of the biggest impacts that on anybody's life is the people that you interact with throughout your career or your personal life. And uh, that being said, of course, I had that on a, on a professional level. Betsy Zeno is actually one of them. She one, one, was one of the senior directors of stores. with. Uh, Bases and she challenged me a lot she didn't accept any excuses she always looked for solutions If there's a problem tell me about the problem tell me about hey here's the solution or here's what i'm proposing always think ahead of the problem itself so she's one on a basketball level i played basketball so i played on a competitive level i played in the ncaa i played on a national team level because i have dual citizenship mm-hmm. for the national team of jordan so Sports, you learn so much about teamwork, but you learn a lot about leadership, too, because you are challenged every single day, yeah? And then uh, from a book perspective, um, you know, maybe somebody listening to this maybe will not appreciate what I'm about to say. Uh, I don't read books for the sake of reading books. I grab books to pick up certain experiences from one book to another. So I'm not the type of person that will sit down and say, you know, I read one book per week. Well, good for you. But (laughs) to me, I'd rather, you know, I I do a combination per week, I might read more. But my combination is I go through reading on uh, the internet through Google, whatever Googling specific topic and seeing what uh, other experiences are out there, what can I learn, uh, YouTube. So I watch somebody like Gary D. although he's got some interesting language, <laughs> but still, but he goes straight to the point, and that's what I like about him. There are sure. certain things that are extreme, yes, but uh, even going to some of the old school guys like Les Brown, mm-hmm. he's very inspirational, and I really appreciate some of the stuff that he said. And he had to overcome so much. Uh, he believed that uh, you know he had some mental disability yep. up until a later stage of his life. So there are so many things. But from a book perspective, one book I would maybe recommend it. It's a short read, easy read. It's Go For no. Hmm. Go, so go For Now? Go For no, yes. So Go For no, the reason why I like it, it's an easy read. It's a, it's, a, it's a small book to read. It's driven for maybe from a sales perspective. But what I take away from that is, and I share it a lot with the team, what I learned a lot from reading but also from my own kids is it reminded me of what the life cycle that we go through as humans and what happens to us as we continue most of us as we get older including myself so my kids if i tell them no don't do that what, what what's he gonna do well, he's gonna he's gonna yeah. find a way to do it right <laughs> or he's gonna test the it, yes. it it might hurt but he learned that way but still they always challenge the nose right And that's, to me, what I took away from the book, but also I applied life experience through that book, seeing, you know what, well, this is exactly what happens every single day. My kids are telling them, no, don't do that. They'll find a way to do it. I used to be the same way. But then, I don't know what happens along the way. We start losing, I guess, courage when we get older. We always try to look for the excuses, maybe things we learn along the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what if this happens? but we're not like that when we're not programmed that way when we're born into this world. We're actually programmed to test the limits and mm-hmm. try yes. this. And I'm going to walk, I'm going to fall multiple times, I'm going to hurt myself, but I'm still going to walk. we don't say, you know, to forget it. This stuff is too hard. Yeah. I fell uh-huh. on my knee. I'm just going to sit for the rest of my life. <laughs> so that's the book. Um, and that's really is go for no. Go no for no. We've yes. had a great
2: uh, theory for a while now that entrepreneurs in general... Have a much higher tolerance for risk, mm-hmm. and some of that I think comes from that that willingness to go for now, or that that willingness to seek out boundaries. Um, that sounds like a great that sounds like a great resource.
0: Yeah, I've it written is, it down. I'm going to yeah. check it out. Since we're talking about children and and know if you had to go back to 18 year old Bashar, what would you tell yourself?
1: Um. <laughs> I'll probably still tell myself to dream big, but uh, I don't know. To me, it's about, and that's what my approach with my kids. It's about uh, prepare yourself for you know life is about to happen, and uh, it's not as peachy as you think it's gonna be. No matter how big your dream is, but it still stays exciting. You're gonna get knocked down day in and day out. You're gonna be challenged day in day out, but. just keep fighting. That's what I'm going to tell myself, is just keep fighting. You've got to stay driven, and um, I'll give you a quick example. I don't want to take too much time telling stories. But one of the uh, stories that I shared with my team uh, not too long ago, I told them, really, my, my job is think about two scenarios in your life, and we see that every single day. You're driving down the road. People cut you off or take your parking spot. You get upset. Sometimes it ruins your day. Or you stand, you're at the station. next day, and they say, you're about to have a coffee. And somebody, okay, well, I didn't see you standing in line, although you're, I'm six foot five now, you can see me. <laughs> so, and, you know, it happens. And you might lose your focus. But take the same situations. You're driving down the road, and I know it's extreme. you got a family member or something that is an emergency, you're trying to rush them and get them to emergency room. Somebody honking at you, somebody taking a parking spot, somebody cutting you off. Is it really going to affect you as much, or are you going to be still thinking, I need to get there as fast as possible because I have something important that I want to accomplish, right? I want to get them there. So you have to put things in perspective, and I think this is something that you learn once you take that step into, I'm going to start my own business. (laughs) You know, you're going to have a lot of distractions, and the biggest one, I hate to say it this way, is going to be family and friends, Mm -hmm. because they're going to tell you what you should and you shouldn't do. In reality, they're not in the business with you. Yeah, they might have good intentions, but the reality is they're still an outsider. It's not somebody that actually took the risk with you. You know, you need to pay attention to what's happening around you, but more importantly, you need to pay attention to what you need to do to become successful and the main goal that you're trying to accomplish. Mm. So, so true. So you've you've traveled the world, and, and
3: people love Bill to hear. You know, everyone, I think, for the most part, Wants to do some traveling, but you've done quite a bit. I'd like to see how many miles you have because I'm sure it's plentiful. But <laughs> the uh, is there a favorite place in the world that that you visited and or worked
1: worked at that just comes to mind? Well, work. Um, I would say Dubai was exciting mm. because Dubai is everything is on steroids. You know, mm. if when they think of something. In in the normal world, you know, this is, in 10 years, we're going to see this happening. Or the the high-speed train is going to come. In Dubai, in in a few months, it's going to come. Um, Everything is so accelerated, and the luxury level there is unbelievable. You know, you could eat air-conditioned beaches in in certain parts of Dubai. (laughs) Seriously, they're running pipes under the sand, and, oh, yes. That's news to me. I did not know that one. But I'll be honest, also, from a standpoint of balance of work and life, uh, Europe, probably, I would say, they, to a certain extent, they figured it out. Because we've all heard it, especially in the corporate world, here in the U.S., where you might meet somebody like, oh, man, I haven't taken a vacation in five years. That's just unheard of in Europe. We're about, to, in our industry, in a couple of weeks, the tailors, they disappear for almost an entire month. Mm-hmm. They shut down. They lock everything up, and they move on, and they go on vacations. And the same we did with the lo- a lot of Italian tailors. What do they do in the afternoon? They take a couple of hours, and they go, and they cook, and they relax with their families. Yes. There is no questions, no ifs and buts about it. They're going to do it because they believe in that <laughs> lifestyle. Wow. So That's I would say Europe and Dubai probably. About, yeah.
2: Europe is the balance, the yes. work-home work, mm-hmm. yeah. balance. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: All right. You're obviously an entrepreneur. Your daughter, your fa- friends, and family have have you know moved you in that direction. But mm-hmm. I mean, it started sounds like a, at a young age. If if I were to sit there and I, I was a client and I was coming in here, tell us what your superpower would be in your own business right now. What is what is Bashar's superpower?
1: Honestly, I think it's with most businesses, but more importantly with this business, this type of business. You know, we're working with luxury. Uh, yes, it is luxury men's clothing, um, but it's not just about uh, the arms. It's not about the quality of the products. It's not about uh, a beautiful showroom. It's about your ability to connect with with clients. The personal side, to me, you've got to have. If you're going to highlight it as a superpower, you better have that superpower, and especially in this type of business, because if you cannot connect with clients. Um, you're just working on the basic commodities of things, and that's not going to take you far. Mm-hmm. If you don't understand exactly what's important to them, and you don't dig deep, we sit, when I sit down with clients, I'm asking them a lot of questions. What do you do for fun? Where do you go for vacation? Um, if I look into your closet right now, what are the main mm-hmm. colors that I would see in there and why? Um, if it's somebody that is young and up and coming in their career, what is your... What is your next position? How soon do you think you're going to accomplish that? I'm asking a lot of questions that have nothing to do probably, with clothes, but the reality is I take that information and I translate that into how I'm going to guide them through from a wardrobe perspective because, you know, you always hear about, uh, you know, dress for the role, for the position that you want to achieve, not Mm -hmm. for the position that you're in right now. But also you uncover a lot of um, issues. Uh, Sometimes it's color. I have a client that is uh, colorblind. Mm. And he told me, I go for these colors, because I cannot just, test, oh, I want to wear something else, but I just can't see it. And it's, <laughs> it's difficult when I'm going through, and I just don't have the time and tell him, you know what, no, we should go for something, you know, with your complexion. These colors will look great on you. And what you mentioned to me, what I'm gonna do, is I'm gonna, I put something in the pants, and I put something in the, in the jacket. So it's, it's, it matches the top and the bottom, and it becomes easy. You don't have to worry about the. can you see the color or can you mm-hmm. not. People can see that, and that complements you well. And he loved it. <laughs> the simple things that make you look like a hero, in reality, you just listen to the person. You understand what they want to accomplish and why, and you just go for it. Yeah, We don't sell products. We we sell solutions to that's crazy. Crazy. And,
0: and you've sold to some pretty interesting celebrity mm. sports figures out there. Can you give us a, an example of someone that you work with?
1: Sure. Well, actually, a lot of times people think that this is your main client, being especially in custom. Mm-hmm. The reality is, they're a category of clients <laughs> because they're challenged fit-wise. You know, you got somebody with huge shoulders and a waist of whatever, uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so you cannot buy off the rack. So, but. I guess most recently that would be the MVP of the NFL, Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) So, Patrick, uh, it's an interesting story because um, I was traveling at the time. I was in Chicago. And I got three missed calls early in the morning. i thought about really early. And for a number I don't recognize, I figured it might be some kind of emergency. So, I called the number back, and it was actually uh, his agent reaching out. So um, his agent mentioned that he was referred to us by uh, uh, another gentleman who was actually uh, an employee of ours before he started working for us. Preston, uh, you met Preston? Mm-hmm. Yes. So Preston used to work um, in a different state. We met uh, years ago, me and Preston, and we stayed in touch. So Patrick is originally from Texas. So um, he was spending, uh, you know, off-season training here and uh, he had an event with uh, a company where he had to do a speech at the Ford Center in front of like 14,000 people. <laughs> and he didn't have something to wear. And they wanted something quickly to be turned. And that's when I talked on the phone. They're like, well, we need you to be there. And we need the item within a matter of days. And I he realized that um, we do custom and hand tailored stuff. So about fifth, uh, five to eight weeks sometimes. They <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we want it within a week. But anyway, so. Honestly, I told him, I'm going to call you back. And then what happened, the reason why I said I'm going to call you back is because immediately I got on my phone. I'm like, okay, let me see. Next flight. Oh, there's a flight. Changed my flight. Flew in. Met him here. Got him fitted. Did a lot of begging with our tailors. Because we had to do begging with the shirt makers and with the suit makers. And he came in for his final fitting. And we had an event. Like the event that you attended. We had about, actually, at that day, about 30 people and we fit him into the London room because it's very private and nobody knew that he's around because it's behind a telephone booth. It's a secret entrance. (laughs) And um, yeah, we took care of him and uh, it's just interesting when you communicate honestly with people what uh, they can pull out for you. So the tailors, typically they'll tell us no, 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 no. And then you explain to them the opportunity there (laughs) and who it is. And they can do some magic for you. (laughs) And he looked great, by the way. He looked great. And he's... I was thinking, you know, he did with different personalities, especially celebrity status. The guy is a young guy, uh, the MVP of the NFL. Uh, Yes, he lost in the Super Bowl to a great team and an amazing quarterback. Uh, There's so much going on for him. He's still... He's just starting in his career, really. Uh, But as humble... As can be, extremely humble. I apologize a million times. Like I'm sorry to do this. And <laughs> like, are you kidding me? You know. <laughs> but really, that's the biggest takeaway. Is he's such a humble person. And uh, people ask me like, oh, how was he? That's the first thing. The biggest highlight is he's <laughs> humble. And I really great. like that about him because he have all the reasons in the world not to be humble. Mm-hmm. He's been and to told, require certain things of of people, and he i didn 't feel that at all from
3: him. he's been great. told virtually his entire sports life, and you you can probably relate being being a high level player of basketball, but he 's been told his entire life how great he is, yeah but he's still humble yeah wonderful wonderful attribute yes, <laughs>
1: yes, absolutely yeah
0: to be able to keep your uh feet grounded is it's it's not an easy thing to do f mm-hmm. from what I understand. <laughs> Joseph, anything?
2: No, this has been a, an incredible story. I, I love the, the path, you know, um, and uh, Brandon and I were talking before we even came down here and I said, you know, you, you're doing this at a very high level. You had a very high uh, position in corporate, uh, the corporate world, and you went off to do consulting. Which, but the, the, the fundamental problem is a very relatable one. Uh, there's people all over the planet that have to make decisions about their career because of their family. And I think that, that anyone listening um, can, can find something in there and, and, and take heart. Um, it's a great story. Thank uh, you. It's a very great story, and it's Thank a very you. touching one.
3: Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And just beyond the airwaves, I hope uh, many have the opportunity to come in here and visit, which you happen to be in a little place called Frisco, Texas, right across from but a little place called The Star. Mm-hmm. And uh, But uh, amazing story. <clears throat> I think you're, uh, uh, hopefully, your kids. We'll learn, maybe listen to this one day, and then, man, dad, dad is pretty cool. Thank you. Dad,
2: I hope so. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Also. Especially <laughs> when uh, they're teenagers now, it's, well, uh, there may be a year or, year or two. Way. Way. It, yeah, 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 they, you know, but they
3: kind of, you know, then they start to land their plane. Once they figure out the college being the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. Yep, college is a great equalizer. But uh, mm-hmm. anyway,
0: no, I just I appreciate you spending your time telling us your story. What what if someone is just walking in off the street so they can know a little bit more about the store? What should they expect when they come in here?
1: Um, it's exactly what we want them to see. Is we treat everybody for the gentleman they are. You know the reason. You know if you go on Instagram, for example, you will seeing almost every single post that we have. We ended with be a gentleman, always a gentleman. That's basically what we live by. Mm. One of the, you know, mentioning kids, so Adam Alexander, there is a reason why years ago when I named it Adam Alexander, I did that is because what I appreciate most is um, how, especially with the tailors, um, you know, the bespoke tailors on the Italian side, they pass it through generations. And it's, it's a sense of pride that uh, it's a family business. And I hope my kids will grow into want to be, I want to be a part of that. And the same thing, my business partner, Hunter Bauer, is hopefully his daughters, they want to get involved. But the bottom line is, it is about being a gentleman. And we want, whether you are up and coming in your career, and maybe your goal is I'm gonna start with the uh, major custom, and that's our starting point here in the showroom. Um, or you are the individual that appreciates the finer things in life, and I want the best of the best, and that's like the Vicunia $50,000 suit. Um, we treat people with respect. We treat them as gentlemen, and they're going to walk away and feel that there is something special here because really we look at you, and we work with you directly for the person you are, and we give you all of our attention. And I always tell people, if there are more than one person in the room, it's too crowded <laughs> because we want to feel that it's too crowded. We mm-hmm. want to be all about you. <laughs> so that's the first thing that they'll notice us. It's not just about the secret rooms. It's not about the beautiful chandelier and some of the art that you see on the walls. Mm-hmm. It's not about the beautiful product. These are all given. We've got to have that if we're gonna compete on a luxury level. Mm-hmm. But it's about the way we take care of our clients and that's what we want them to walk away and say, man, this is a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. But the way they take care of me and they listen to me and they care to me, and how humble it is <laughs> that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I appreciate this. That's how you feel. Yes. That's yeah, it. exactly.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a beautiful story, and I look to con. We look forward to continuing seeing that. And uh, you know, if you're listening out there, please reach out to Bashar. Yes. Ask him a question, if it's an entrepreneurial question, if it's a you know, personal family question, as he shared himself. So please reach out and ask a question. We'd love to hear from you, and uh, I'm sure that you'd love to hear from someone out there that uh, was able to take something away from this. Again, I'm Brandon Straza, The Real Naked Agent, along with Dr. Joseph Kaye. And, right, and we've got Bashar
1: with Adam Alexander.
0: We'll hear you on the airwaves. You've been listening to Breaking Business Barriers. For more information, or if you have a compelling story to tell, find us on Facebook at Open Media Source.